All right, everybody. It is uh, another great day here in the Stellar Universe, and I'm really super excited about this podcast. We're going to be sitting down with Andre Von Zyl, and uh, he's with Click World, whose goal is taking digital financial innovation beyond payments and remittances to create a global end-to-end community-centric financial-based ecosystem where money moves like email is borderless and zero cost, totally secure. Man, if you're not excited to hear about Click World, then I don't know what more of an intro I can do for you. But before we hop on with Andre, let me do a quick PSA and talk to about Public Node. Public Node is a nonprofit organization led by Stellar community members working together to support the open and inclusive Stellar network. When we talk about Public Node in particular, they're a very important organization um, because they ensure that there are open, accessible nodes on the network. Uh, because as Stellar grows, it's going to be like the internet. It's going to be a public access right to have uh, for this uh, internet of value. So that's Public Node. Go to the website, publicnode.org, and definitely become a member. So, Andre, how are you doing today, my friend? Sam, fantastic. It's really great to be with you, man. This is, uh, this is it's great. It's really great. Yeah, greetings here from Kampala on the equator. Kampala. Wow, on the equator. So where exactly is Kampala? Kampala uh, of Uganda. And mm. Uganda is the source of the Nile. And oh, Uga- okay. Yeah, so this is, this is where the, 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 the origin of the Nile and uh, you, you know, uh, although there's a, a big dam now, the Nile's origin is actually seven fountains Wow! that actually comes out of the ground. And even today on the dam, you can actually go there where, where these seven fountains, you can actually see those seven fountains actually um, causing a, a, a reflection in the water. So, yeah, so, yeah, it's on the equator. And, uh, you know, we are sitting on Lake Victoria. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, Lake Victoria is the second largest lake in the world, right? It's pretty big, yeah. That's awesome. Now, you know, this is Stellar Global. And so, you know, I always like to learn a lot about uh, the different communities that we speak to. And I was looking that in Uganda, that they're actually the largest export of coffee. I'm actually drinking some coffee right now. Are you a coffee guy yourself? I am mainlining. Oh, I mean, you know, you, you can't be in the IT space or, or doing that without coffee. I, I believe that, that <laughs> coffee is, and I've been, I've been in this for many years and mainlining on coffee is how we, how we do things, you know? So that's <laughs> partly why I'm in Uganda. That's partly why I'm in Uganda. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question. I mean, it, what's a coffee brand that you would recommend I try? Uh, I, I will, I will give you in a second a, a brand, uh, but there's mm-hmm. actually, Uganda, although we have the best, and there's no dispute about it, we make some of the best coffee in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, not too far from where I am, uh, are the major depot where Starbucks, uh, both Starbucks and Nescafe, have got massive, massive depots where their coffee comes come right from Uganda. Uh, and, ah. and, uh, however, coffee is not uh, consumed that much in Uganda, and we don't have that much uh, roasteries. It, it's slowly busy picking up, but actually production is made in Uganda, but the roasting is mostly done outside and imported. And, and it's slowly changing now. So there's, there's a brand. I, I, Sam, I'll tell you what. I'm going to send you some coffee. 
That would be great. There's a brand called Big Gorilla. Big Gorilla. All right. Big Gorilla is a, and it's actually a friend of mine. He's a master roaster, and he started this a few years ago. He made a dark roast. Mm. Sam, that thing is not for amateurs. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. That is a proper dark roast. That's my favorite. I would say that, that that's what's powering Click is gorilla, <laughs> big, big Gorilla Dark Roast. Man, that's going to be a, a commercial one day. So uh, I'm sure your friend's <laughs> going to appreciate that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, yes, that's, yes. That, that's really cool to hear, man. So we've, we've got listeners, as I just mentioned, all over the globe right now. I'm really happy to see how this network has expanded. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just wanted to start by seeing if you could just help paint a picture for them, the financial infrastructure of Uganda that inspired you to create ClickWorld? That's a very fundamental question. And this is going to take, uh, 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 we're going to go back a decade now. The journey, which has culminated in Click.World, is, is, is about 10 years old now. It goes back to 2008, 2009, 2010, where I was involved in economic development activities in the DRC, the Congo. Okay. I was there in the, in, the, in the conflict area. As part of doing economic development there, I got involved in the conflict mineral issue. And we, we were working to create traceability in that area, but also to see how do we take that conflict and the conflict minerals and actually move it into the local communities and actually use it to, to stimulate economic activity. So, so that was what I, I, I was involved in in those projects. And it was absolutely mind-blowing to see in the middle of the equatorial jungle, 100, 500,000, a million US dollars being carried around in plastic bags doing trade. And that was where I basically realized that you cannot do economic development uh, without some sort of an infrastructure. Now, that was, that, that's one part of the, of, the, of the story. The other interesting thing what, which I started discovering there, uh, and, and, and I, I need to give some context, uh, during the same time, uh, I was uh, also involved in Eastern Europe, in Bulgaria, actually. So, so I was commuting between Bulgaria and, and the Congo at the time. And from the timeline, you would realize this is after the banking crash. So in Bulgaria, I saw Greece going up in flames. I saw the entire banking system collapsing. In the Congo, I saw a country which is in war, but I see money moving. And in the in the Bulgaria, which is European Union, which is supposed to be everything organized, I saw chaos. And it absolutely fascinated me. So I started looking at the banking infrastructure. And that was where I had literally... I, I, if I say I had a light bulb moment, I realized that in the Congo, money moves based on trust, but based on groups. Mm, okay. You have groups of people who trust each other, working in a trust relationship that manage their finances. And so in other words, you, you, you have got these small, what I would call little micro informal banks. And that, if you if you now today you, you say Uganda, if you if you go to uh, Ghana, if you go to South Africa, if you go to Malawi, you'll find the same the same principle. Is in Africa, people work in in trust relationships in small groups when it comes to money. So my light bulb moment was the model in Africa is different 
from the model in the rest of the world. The Western model of a monolithic traditional bank are totally the opposite of how it works in Africa. So that was literally the, the, a light bulb moment. And that is where the concept of social banking was born. Wow. Whenever I hear about click world, I always hear the term social banking. And so this is great. I mean, I'm, I'm so I'm learning a lot from this conversation here, man. So, yeah, continue. So what is social banking? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so let me bring you to, to, to a practical situation. In Uganda, uh-huh. we've got about, what, 40, 40 million people. Okay. We have got about 27 commercial banks. Now, between those 27 commercial banks in total, they have got less than or maybe 3 million unique account holders. Yet, in Uganda, you have got registered what we call SACOs, which is uh, an acronym for Savings and Credit Cooperative. So in other words, it's a cooperative where people belong as members and they save and loan to each other. Those little cooperatives that are registered and legal have got more than 15 million members. So you have got five times more people in the informal formal environment than in traditional banking. This also leads to another very contentious issue, and this is financial inclusion or bank the unbanked. Mm. You know, where where you know, uh, yeah. with with all respect, you know, everybody that has got half a chance is is running to Africa to try and fix that problem. You know, we want to get the right. unbanked banked. You know, and the reality is, people in Africa are not banked because of technology; mm. they are unbanked out of choice. There's actually only two reasons. They're either unbanked out of choice or they are in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in the bottom end of the banking pyramid and the banking services are, are too expensive for them. Technology is not the issue. It's the model that are wrong. People don't trust the traditional monolithic banking system. So we came up with the social banking model. So if I use the term a social financial ecosystem you would understand Mm -hmm. that okay yes social financial ecosystem so in other words small little micro banks that are working in an ecosystem where they so so the the each group and these groups can vary sometimes from 500 to a thousand people to 50,000 to 100,000 people. In Kenya, uh, we, we, we're currently engaging some, some of these SACOs that's got 100, 200,000 uh, uh, members. So these are actually mm. informal banks. They may even qualify to become banks, but they'd want to become banks. So mm. it's a membership only. That was a key thing for me when I realized that it's the model that's wrong. It's not the technology. We have got the wrong model. You know, okay. so in Uganda, if you look at one of the biggest banks, the employees of that bank actually have formed their own SACO or own group, <laughs> and they're saving their money outside of the bank. <laughs> wow. Okay, so that's social banking. So let me let me ask you a question here, because the, the, mm-hmm. the first thing that pops in my mind is, you know, if I have my bank and, you know, forgive me for my Western mm-hmm. viewpoint, right? If I have my bank, my money in a bank, then it's secured by a, a non-personal body, right? And so my money's there. If I ever need to get my money, it's there. But I'm thinking in my head, okay, from a social standpoint, now I have to go to 
Richard to get my money? Like, where's my money actually being held? Is it like in his house or or am I completely missing it? Well, first of all, I like the the faith that you have got in the the Western banking system. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Um, sure. Uh, and, and and I think 2008 has proved that that that's probably not not that safe. Sure. But what I'm saying is, I guess is up until now we're talking about how the silos have worked, right? Mm. Up until now in Uganda and Africa. I guess my question more so is just so when you're saying that they're saving that money outside of the bank. Before ClickWorld came into play, where was that money being held? Was it physically being held somewhere? Physically. Is, is, is the question of it. Absolutely. In, okay. in fact, normally these SACOs start as what we call a village loan and a VSLA, a village loan and savings association. And that is normally 20 people. And they have got a box with three locks and three keys. Okay. And every Saturday they come together, they put their money into the box. And three people have got three keys. And if somebody wants a loan, then they give it out of the box and they hold each other accountable. It is okay. Okay. It is true social uh, cohesion. You know, it is true social banking. They they work on trust relationships and they keep physical cash. Now you obviously know that's not sustainable. So that was uh, you know. So when I got. That revelation in, in 2010, and, and we then modeled this social banking. Uh, I mean, for me, it was, was a no-brainer. If each of those little banks can become a, a little micro bank and you put them onto a proper digital platform, this could become a very powerful environment. I agree. I agree. Because you talk about an ecosystem, but also there's another angle to this. Where are we going? We're going towards collaborative commerce. Shared economy. My next question was, is social banking not the banking's version of going from a hotel to an Airbnb? Ah, nice. Okay. By the way, they had a great IPO recently. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. So basically, that was what I realized is we got to just, we need to keep the model and not trying to take to take the people out of their model and put them into a existing banking environment, we need to keep the model. We just need to find new technology. Andre, you just put a, a bomb on my head, man. What you just said is huge. You said it's social banking, what Airbnb did to the hotel. That is huge, what you just said. <laughs> it just hit me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, wait a minute. What did he just say? This is a, I'm sorry, continue, man. That, that's huge. That's a really. You're right. When I looked at this, so no, this is 2010. Okay. When this revelation came, and then I realized, but what tech? I'm an old school tech. I, I started playing with, uh, you know, the first PCs in the 80s. So, so I, I've been in this industry for many years. So my question was, how do we build such a thing which is simple, robust, and cheap? Because this thing has got to operate in very uh, difficult environments. And um, lo and behold, you know what happened in 2010. Some crazy guy <laughs> yes. published a white paper <laughs> called Bitcoin. Right. Shook the world. So, so I actually saw that white paper in 2010 looking for a solution. And you, you talk about, you know, hitting with a bomb. I can't tell you what happened <laughs> when I read through that white paper and I went like, but this is the solution. Wow. The blockchain is the solution for social banking. Right. So I immediately bought three Bitcoins. Smart man. At the phenomenal amount of, of $6.20. Ooh, man. 
And <laughs> no, no, don't ask the next question because now I didn't, I didn't buy anymore. Okay, <laughs> because because remember, I was not looking for a token. I was looking for a banking solution. Okay, so I bought the Bitcoin so that we can start doing real time transactions. And you can understand my absolute disillusionment when I realized that I cannot do a real time transaction on the Bitcoin. Right. Absolutely. absolutely. You know. And secondly, when I realized that. Mining is an environmental disaster because of the electricity that it consumes. And we don't have electricity in Africa. Wow. That's a great point. And on that, I hope that this conversation spreads because what I've been seeing lately are people that don't understand Africa, don't understand the people, don't understand what you're sharing here of of how the infrastructure, how they are as a culture, trying to bring in Bitcoin as, as a solution. And so, you know, these things that you're saying is, I hope people listen to this. So, yeah, please continue. Yes. So you can imagine I went from the absolute tops of euphoria to the valleys of despair, you know, because I saw the blockchain. I immediately understood the value and that that this is the solution, you know, yet I couldn't execute it, you know. And the, the environmental, because I'm, I'm really, you know, when you see the environmental destruction in Africa, then you've got to be very conscious of it. You know? So I'm very, very conscious. Mm. Uh, even today, I, I, am, I believe mining is a, is a problem, you know, the, the crypto mining. So I literally left my three Bitcoins and started looking for a solution elsewhere. And, and I mm. didn't find it until I, somebody told me about Ripple. Okay. And I immediately saw, okay, first thing is pre-mined. I went, hallelujah. Second thing, <laughs> right. you know, algorithms. So um, I immediately contacted the guys at Ripple. And, and I think okay. that was when, when the VCs were already in there. And, uh, okay. you know, with all love and respect for our distant cousins at Ripple, uh, they <laughs> were not that interested talking to some guy sitting in Kampala. I think the guy was very polite. He said, you know, can you, uh, you know, can you pay a hundred thousand dollars up front? You know, then we can set up a partnership. Wow. And I went like, okay, that, that, that wow. was that one out the window. So, but I, st- I obviously I then realized that there's something out there, a second generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I very keenly followed um, the Ripple story and also then the, Jet McCaleb saga when they parted ways and Stella was born. So immediately I saw, uh, first of all, I saw that the solution is there, the second generation. You know, I've now got uh, the, the potential to do pre-mined, which means it is what I call green. And I mean, I, I call Stellar mm-hmm. and Ripple green uh, crypto. So when Stellar was, uh, uh, I was one of the first uh, guys that, that started contacting them and, and I was really privileged to get uh, the opportunity to talk to Jed in, in those early days. I, I, I had a Skype call with him and it was, it, it was really a, a, a game changer for me, uh, you know, and, and, and I've got wow. so much respect for that guy, his vision, uh, his vision for Africa, his vision of actually creating a real payment solution, you know, and, and, and people that, you know, many people talk to me about, you know, why the, the, the XLM is not being, being pushed and that, I remember that conversation with Jed. Jed was not trying to push a token. Jed mm. was trying to solve a problem. Say that one more time. Let me repeat that. That, that. is, once again, yeah, yeah repeat that again, because that's important. That's Jed, important. and, and I'm saying Jed, I mean Jed and his team, you know, Bartek, and, and there's a, whole, right. a lot of people in the early days that really helped us. Those guys yeah, shout out to were them. building mm-hmm. a solution 
The token mm. was a buy the buy. They didn't build right. something to hype a token. They were trying to create a real solution. And with my background, which you, which you now know, it was just to me, that was just uh, absolutely the beginning. So I think it was 2014, we then uh, signed up with them. And in those early days, I mean, there was very little tools and we had to build everything. But I can, uh, this is now five, six years later, there is mm-hmm. no other solution. Well, you know, that says a lot because, you know, I think even just the story of Jed, you know, that's the person that I saw and, and what attracted me. I had a great opportunity when I was first looking at all these different, there's, there's a lot of different, so there's a lot of different blockchains doing different things out there. You know, there's, like I said, there's things in, you know, maybe uh, what Ethereum's doing and there's just the whole long V chain, all these other people. But the reason why I'm passionate about Stellar is because of that mission and going out to New York, going out to these conferences and getting to, to talk to all these different executives. Like you said, it's a whole team of them. Exactly. Yeah. They're all very focused on the mission. Exactly. And it's about actually creating something that's going to change the world. And that's why I do these podcasts. That's why I tweet. That's why I'm so involved with the community mm-hmm. because I believe in my soul that it's important. And when I got a chance to to talk to you about a week ago, I was excited because I believe that you fit that mold, that you are seriously out there to create a solution. So thank you for sharing all that just honestly and, and bluntly about your own personal experiences, because I know that if you experience anything differently, you are not shy to, to share that. So uh, of course you, you talked about that. There was, you know, the beginning, there wasn't, you were, you were there in the very beginning when there was very little tools. Um, now we just had the newest features of uh, protocol 15 claimable balances yes, and sponsor yes. reserves. Hmm. Is click world utilizing any of those tools right now. It's, uh, it's life. It's life. Our, our entire system works on that. We were at the moment that came awesome. out. It, it's probably, <laughs> If I tell you that was probably one of the biggest uh, uh, lifesavers that they have, it's awesome, man. And I'll, I'll tell you wow. why. I, I've been he- I've been hearing that. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Um, your problem is you need to give a wallet. So let's start with a with a simple use case. We are busy. Okay. Let's say in a refugee camp, and you want to create a wallet for a refugee that has just arrived in the country. Okay. Now we have got a uh, a solution for that, which actually allows you to create the wallet and then issue a QR card. So you can actually have a stellar transaction done by somebody without a phone, okay? But the question is, now you need to fund that, okay? And you need to Mm -hmm. control that, and uh, somebody's gonna run out of, uh, uh, maybe they need need another trust line or something. Uh, Plus also, very practically, you put your wallet out there, and we actually got raided every now and again. We get raided by people who just create um, wallets, literally just to milk the 102 uh, XLM out of there. So now you can create a wallet with a zero balance and you control the float because it's about, I mean, you can, you can think of it. If I want to put 100,000 people on, I need that float. I need XLM float before I can even start. So it's a scalability problem that we've just solved. Okay. It's a major scalability mm-hmm. problem because remember, That's huge. most people, average users does not know about XLM or Stellar or has got the capacity or the capability to now put trust lines in and, and all those kind of stuff. So you've got to manage that all seamlessly in the background. And this protocol right. are perfect, man. No, no, we, it's in, it's in, it's ready. If you, if you go in our wallet now, it's done. It's in. So, um, that's 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 incredible. So it's a it's a, it's a game changer in terms of how we can scale. Okay. So so uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 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 guys are 
uh, Jet and the team are doing phenomenal stuff. And that's why I, I just say there is no other solution. Right. Let's dive a little bit more into Clip World because, mm. you know, up until now, we, we've I, I feel the listeners have a really firm understanding of, of not just Uganda, but Africa and what inspired it. What's the need? And we talked about, you know, what technology you're utilizing to do it. But let's talk about ex- exactly what you guys have, because, you know, um, I got some information from you that was really exciting to read, really promising. So ClickWord, it says here, is creating a global end-to-end community-centric financial-based ecosystem. Can you walk us through the ClickWorld ecosystem? Okay, so so first of all, the social banking ecosystem, uh, what we had to do is we had to build a core banking system. But we had to build it as a micro core banking system so, so that, uh, you know, if I've got uh, 500 people, uh, you know, that somebody with some basic accounting knowledge and a, and, a, and a tablet should be able to run that bank. That was where we started. We built literally from a blank sheet of paper, working with the community, working with uh, stakeholders that uh, understood how these groups work. We actually built a proper micro banking system where each of these groups can create their own banking products. They can create their savings products, their loan products. They can manage their members. They can manage the, the shares. They can manage they can everything that a, a normal bank can do, you know, with savings accounts, wallets, everything. And then, of course, the wallet wow. is a Stella wallet. So all transactions, uh, you know, underlying, underpinning all of this are, 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 are Stella based. But we had to first, so first of all, is a micro banking system. So each of these groups can now create a little micro bank and manage it all on their own. Now, because it's on uh, on the same platform and these groups uh, have to work, you obviously, from a regulatory point of view, have to work with a commercial bank. So the model for this is very simple. You work with a, with a, 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 a commercial bank. We've got our banking partner here in Uganda. And um, their core banking system are integrated through an API with our micro core banking platform or ecosystem. So you maintain one escrow account on the on the core banking okay. system okay then a shilling goes into that escrow account through the api triggers the issuing of a uganda shilling token so the the concept of e-value which is uh, everybody knows in africa called mobile money uh, e-value so we call it t-value so we are talking about tokenized okay. e-value so what happens is okay. shilling hits the the escrow account a token gets issued and uh, that issuing process again stellar's multi-sig you can now put various signatories to control that, and the, the regulator loves that. And the money gets issued direct into a wallet. Now, mm. what I've just described to you are removing the single biggest risk currently in mobile money in Africa. Mobile money currently in Africa is operated using e-value, which means it's a messaging. And you have okay. somewhere in the back end, you've got a database where somebody can actually go in and fiddle the numbers. Huh, okay. 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 And it yeah. happens. It happens wow. regularly. It's, it's just happened twice this year already in Uganda alone. So we are sort of tongue in cheek calling this mobile money 2.0 that we are, that we are creating by putting Stellar in and tokenizing that e value. You remove all the risk. So that's the core of what we do. Nice. Now the next thing is to go cashless. You have to go further. You have to go to the merchant. You have to go where people are spending money. Because this is not just right. about sending money to, for me to you. I have to now go to where people are buying stuff. Now, the biggest challenge that we have for digital 
uh, or going cashless is the cost of transactions. Cost of transactions is high in the current infrastructure. So uh, we then developed uh, a merchant um, a point of sale, which is dynamically QR. It's a dynamic QR, so uh, and it can be offline both sides. So in other words, either I can come into the shop with a QR code tattooed on my forehead or on my card or wherever <laughs> I want to have the, the QR. It's just a piece of plastic with QR with a QR on, or on my key ring or something. And the merchant can <laughs> nice. the merchant can scan that, and uh, we can do a transaction. Or the merchant generates a dynamic QR. I use my my phone and I scan that QR, and the transaction goes uh, gets done. Or the merchant can now take the QR, share it over WhatsApp or any media to my cousin sitting in Frankfurt or in, in the US. And seconds later, they press uh, the link, type in their PIN, and I receive the money in Uganda in seconds. So uh, basically what we call chat commerce. Wow, that's huge. That's because It's a big thing. Yeah, I know of people here in the States that are tied to Uganda, mm. right? They came up here for medical medical school or, oh. you know, they have a little practice and they're supporting family. Exactly. So what you're saying is that their mom, their cousins could go out there and, and right there, they can help pay for things in real time. That's, in real time. That's going to help many lives. That's going to help many lives, many lives. Exactly. So, so to do that, we then had to realize that we need to build a switch. And, and the reason there was a few reasons why we built a switch and not use the SDEX uh, direct, and, and that's that's probably a discussion for another day. And, and, and there are reasons why sometimes you have to use a switch and when you have to use the SDEX. So we actually built, uh, then we built a switch that could then switch between fiat and crypto, or fiat and, and stellar and, and stellar and stellar. So, so we, we built a full where we could actually then switch the fiat as in on our banking system with a tokenization, you know, with a, with a crypto token. Okay. And, and that was actually, uh, again, sometimes it's just coincidence and then something interesting happens. So I, I happen to have a, a friend of mine that uh, were building an ATM for mobile money. Ah. Okay. Okay. So this is that other little story. So he was building a, I mean, literally just a bad welding job and a, and, a, and a cash recycler that, that he got from Russia. And he built an <laughs> ATM for, I think, $3,000. I took a look at this thing and said, but what if we put the switch and connect the switch to this thing? Could we actually now switch from a phone and from cash uh, over, over this? And man, you know, I happened to mention, I think I was talking to Bor, I can't remember what. I spoke to one of the guys at Stellar. And I just mentioned this. And here's an interesting story. And uh, they said, oh, this is fine. This was at end of 2017. Okay. Two weeks later, I got a telephone call. It says, can you guys come to the Singapore FinTech Festival and show this ATM where you can withdraw cash? And who was this call from? This was from Stella? Was Stella was one, I can't remember who it was. It was <laughs> Boris or Tunda. I can't remember who it was. Okay. And I went like, okay, that was just a concept. We haven't actually done it. Okay, I know it can be done. Okay, I said, when is this? He said, it's next week. <laughs> okay, cut a long story short. Emma, my CTO, myself, and, and the team. Uh, so we had lots of coffee, and and we then retro, we then put the switch into the ATM, and lo and behold, wow. we could take Stellar and withdraw cash. Then we sort of said, but wait a minute, can I do it between ATMs? We then realized, so if I put Uganda shillings into one ATM, can I then withdraw another currency in another ATM using the same switch? Mm. 
we actually managed to find another recycler, tested it, and it worked. So, uh, wow. so now it's becoming Friday, and we have to fly to Singapore. So I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have Singapore dollars? Mm-hmm. So we contacted the guys in, uh, in Russia, and I think Saturday afternoon, they sent us the config file to config <laughs> this thing to Singapore dollars. But uh, where would I find a Singapore dollar in, in, in Kampala? Right. So we configured this thing, put a homemade fabricated ATM in our hand luggage in pieces, and off we went to, uh, to the Singapore FinTech Festival. And we are unpacking this thing there at IBM stand. <laughs> Me full welling knowing I've never tested this. Oh, man. Especially the, the Singapore side. Singapore dollars, right. but um, you know, lo and behold, it uh, it did work. Only then that we dis- uh, that we discovered that this was the first stellar ATM done in the world. So um, there's a little story. That's for you. amazing. A, a story behind that, yeah, I like that little that. journey. So <laughs> uh, everybody gets a little gem when they listen into the podcast. So that's that's nice. <laughs> there's a few interesting photos of that around. So the switch done. We then realized that, okay, so now I can do peer-to-peer transactions. I can do transactions over WhatsApp. I can do it uh, offline with a card. Uh, then uh, we, we, a lot of people here don't have smartphones, they don't have internet. So the next thing is, can we do it over a feature phone? In other words, an old Nokia without internet. So, so that's the, the next thing we did. Uh, so we can, I mean, we, we did a, a pilot last year between Uganda and Rwanda where we sent a real-time one shilling backwards and forwards at zero cost between two old Nokia phones without internet. We then realized that we got to look at the, at, at, the, at the economy and what is driving the economy, agriculture and SME businesses. Africa is about small and medium enterprises. Uh, and we realized that there's a, a, a need for basic inventory management, basic stock control, order entry, and then, of course, online uh, shopping. So so we, we then, uh, that, that's what we built last year and, and this year mainly is we, we built the, the business hub. So the business hub allows you to manage the inventory. Uh, and and this, this business hub is a B2B and a B2C in one. So in other words, the retailer can order from the, the distributor, distributor can order from the, the wholesaler. And, um, and they can have their own online presence and they also can have their cash registered in the shop where they can, uh, uh, and all working off the same inventory. So uh, that we've done. And then um, the farm, uh, the, the agricultural sector, which is our main focus, we then developed a farm management uh, platform to manage uh, the whole farming uh, ecosystem. That's currently actually went live this week uh, after the pilots went live in Tanzania in the agricultural sector. We, we pursue that now. So, so that, yeah, so that's sort of the basics. Uh, if I remember, I mean, we did other stuff. There's click chat and, and, the, and there's a few other stuff that we did, but that's sort of the ecosystem more or less. Right. Right. Beautiful ecosystem you guys are creating. I mean, like you said, you know, earlier, when you're really focused on solutions, there's a lot of work and you guys have clearly been, you know, nose down working for, uh, a little over 10 years now looking for solutions. So click is, is, a, is basically a five years, almost six year, six years of work. Yeah. Right. That, that's finally coming to, to the market. Now. Wow, wow. Wow. It's a big job. It's, you, you know, to create a wallet and do transfers is the tip of the iceberg. Right. And there's another reason, and that is the business case, mm. because I realized that sending money like email at zero cost is a novel idea until you have to pay your staff, <laughs> you know? So the question is, where are you going to make money? And that's what I realized. You've got to build an ecosystem where you can have other revenue streams, 
other than payments. And and a big part of the market and fintech market, I still believe, are too much focused on remittances and and, um, and, and payments. And that's going to go down to zero. Right. You know, um, I've heard that from a, from a couple of people that are, you know, like yourself, that are really building on it. And they say the same exact thing. Mm. It's, it's great what you're doing. Yeah, so. So yeah, so we, we've got the so what we've, we we what we're launching now in Uganda is a, a, a product called Click to Go. Mm-hmm. So Click to Go is basically one brand. It's a, a wallet. In the wallet, you can do your shopping. So it's connected to the online shopping. It's connected to all the bill payers, so you can pay your electricity and buy you know pay your tax and do all your payments. You can transfer money from your wallet to the banks. You can uh, move money in and out from all the mobile monies into your wallet, uh, blah, 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 all those kind of things. And um, and this is sitting on the switch. So you can then also move money to Kenya and you can move money to Tanzania, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, this is country agnostic. Mm-hmm. So literally by just turning a setting in your uh, app. So if you fly from Uganda to uh, Kenya, you can arrive at the airport, change your settings. And immediately your app is is connected to, to the services in Kenya, which we 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 busy um, integrating now. Uh, the same that we've done here in in Kenya as well. But that's sort of the essence of the ecosystem. It, it's really impressive what you guys have done. Uh, I know that uh, we've been chatting for a little while here, and and before we we separate off the call, I, I wanted to just hear from you. You know, we're we're coming towards the end of a a, a really interesting year, twenty twenty. What are your plans going into uh, 2021? 2021 is, is going to be the year where everything is going to happen. So we, we have spent probably the last two and a half years just doing pilots, testing things, you know, making sure that it's robust. Also, we've been working with a regulator because it's not just tech. You know, people think you just come and, and arrive in Africa and, and, and you bring the tech and it works. No, it's not that simple. The regulatory environment is very difficult here. In fact, I was uh, the last... Uh, three days now, I was with a workshop with the the central bank. And the great news is the central bank has finally agreed on a set of regulations that will allow us to get a license to become an electronic money issuer. So we will, early next year, I think by February, be able to apply for a license to issue a Stellar Uganda Shilling Token officially. Wow. Plus, they have got regulations to allow us to do sandbox, mm. so we can come and experiment with them. It will give them the chance to learn more. It will give us the chance to experiment in a live but controlled environment. So I'm very excited. That's going to be a game changer. That is going to be it'll allow us changer. to move forward. Yes, we, we're going to expand a lot. We've we've got banking, a very very interesting banking relationship in Kenya that that we've signed up. Uh, we're busy with uh, South Sudan and Sudan, uh, Somalia, um, and Nigeria, and Tanzania. Tanzania, we've, we've got a big uh, big partnership there uh, where we in, in the agricultural sector. Uh, and then, of course, Uganda. And then we are also in, um, in talks with a banking partner in the DRC Congo. So 2021 is where we're going to release the handbrake. Nice. We're going nice. to release the handbrake and see some of these things happening, you know. So cross-border trade, you know, Uganda is at the crossroads. Mm-hmm. The trade from Sudan to South Sudan goes through Kampala. The trade from uh, the DRC Congo, east of the DRC Congo, goes through Kampala to Kenya and to uh, uh, Tanzania, to the coast. So we are literally at the economic crossroads and, you know, moving money like email and using the SDEX to do on-the-fly 
cross-border remittances uh, is what you're going to see next year. Incredible, incredible. Andre, you know what? You're definitely somebody that uh, everybody in the Stellar community needs to pay attention to. I'm really excited to to see Click World, you know, really, really do everything that it's been planned out to do, because I, I believe you guys are going to help millions of people live better lives and, and reach levels that were not possible prior to this incredible, carefully thought out infrastructure that you're designing in in Uganda and the rest of Africa. So please promise that you'll keep us updated, that you'll come back next year and uh, share uh, the progress of everything. You know, for now, man, thank you so much for, for taking your time to do this call, podcast, I should say, with me. I enjoy talking with you. I, I look forward to, you know, staying in, in good contact with you, man. Every time I talk to you, I learn something. So Fantastic. And the, thanks a lot. You know, the, the, I also want to really thank you for really bringing the community up and giving us the opportunity to actually share this with the community. And the, the tasks that you're doing are phenomenal. And I want to say thank you for that. It's really, really great to see how you connect and bring all the stories together, because I think that is how the community is going to flourish. Thank you. And, and, and we're going we're gonna to do some good stuff. 2021 is really going to be, it's going to be a game changer here. When we have our conversation this this time next year, let's let's have another one this time next year and have a 2021 conversation. No, we will, we will, and 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 hopefully we're able to travel. Uh, I look forward to, to flying out and, and meeting you in person and and, and having some of that yeah. great coffee you talked about, man. So, <laughs> deal. all right, everybody, everybody, you deal. heard it right here. Okay. We're going out to Uganda. Thank you so much. That's it for this week, guys. Take care. Bye.